who this been watching? That's me. I'm who this, and I've been watching movies. I've been watching, as a lot of you have been, TVs, series, series is a goddamn series, excuse me, and docs and all that shit too. Since considering we're in a pandemic, for the majority of what 75% of let's say 2020, we've been living in this pandemic right now, as we still are going into 2021. Today, later midnight, officially January 1st, we reset the clock, start the calendar all over again from day one of 365. Who has been watching? I felt like doing a special New Year's Eve edition of the podcast, the show, the movie review, I guess hour plus so segment that I do, just a bitch and rant, but thinly veiled with the excuse of I saw a movie, so I'm going to rant the bitch about this. Pretty much. But yeah, thanks for joining me. I'm who this, of course. You know me by now. Catch me on all social media platforms. Social media platforms under the tag name of who this is one. Because some asshole, some motherfucker who doesn't even use it took up who this everywhere possible. So once I get big enough, once I get the platform huge and large, expansive and shared enough with an audience, wink, wink, that means you out there helping me grow pause i'll be able to claim who this on all platforms and take it right back to its rightful owner me so yeah eventually soon enough i hope hopefully you'll join me in that journey and in that excursion of doing so more importantly right now who this been watching again we're doing this special one for the sake of the new year we got january 1st creeping up on us at midnight tonight so i figured why not do why not sneak in one more before the year ends? Shout out to LaFay's Jewelry. Doing it now, doing it live. As you get it every time too, every episode goes up on IG Live first. A couple of days later on every, where possible you get your audio format or your podcast of preference, DSPs, better yet referred to as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc., etc. Google and Amazon are joined in as well too. So if you get your podcast from them, you can get this as well as my other solo joint, something spectacular on there as well. Also, please don't be, don't be shy. Please help and assist me in growing the YouTube as well. YouTube.com backslash who this is one as well. This is where you'll see the slightly cleaned up, a little bit turned around the edges version of who this been watching compared to the IG live you're getting right now. But again, we're starting off the new year. Well, we're not in the new year just yet. Forgive me. We're going to start that after midnight tonight because right now we're still in the midst of knee deep in the last day, counting down the hours, literally what's left of 2020. It's been an experience, I guess, the safest way to put it, because, of course, pandemic has been something that no one, no matter your race, creed, color, him, her, it, them, she, whatever you identify as gender wise, race wise, human being wise. You know, your tax bracket, whatever You've been affected in some way, shape, or form By the pandemic, obviously We're not going to center or focus too much on the pandemic Because of course we got a review And just in-depth combo Just like shooting the shit about Soul The Disney Pixar film that released on Christmas Day Alongside Same day of Wonder Woman 84 Please check out the previous episode of Who Has Been Watching To see my full in-depth Analysis, analysis Of Wonder Woman 84 I mean, in brief, if I can, just to give you a little bit of a, a tip, a precursor. Why not? Uh, I wanted to like it, but I, referring to Wonder Woman 84, I mean, I wanted to like it. I didn't feel it did a good job. I felt it didn't do a good job. Excuse me, Betty had said. Could have been a lot better. I was really hoping going in there watching to like it. But little things like HBO Max making you wait until... 12 in the afternoon the day of Christmas of all days where you're already too busy with the pandemic on your mind how it affected you and your kids or loved ones whoever you got around you because you're stuck with them at home you know because of uh, whatever pandemic and shit Rapping, uh, tearing through gifts going insane trying to get to them and see what the fuck they got that's good or worthwhile and might temporarily help them forget about the pandemic and of all things they make you wait HBO Max makes you wait for Gail Godot Leaping, jumping, and very bad computer graphics, special effects, whatever you want to call it, 
but at least in a very skimpy outfit, leaping around, doing a thing for like two and a half hours of like little to no action. It's very subdued. I feel as a comic book movie or a comic book character as she is and known for being primarily, you would think there'd be a justifiable amount of action. The action we got in there was, you know, here and there, very sparse, but it looked bad because it didn't look convincing because of special effects, the graphics they used or whatever. Could have been a lot better. But all in all, I mean, Pedro Pasquale was the only saving grace, so that's why I didn't completely trash and say it's absolutely abysmal what they did with Wonder Woman 84 or the sequel to 2017's Wonder Woman. He's a saving grace. Kristen Wiig is good at what she does. Not great. She didn't get enough time to really shine, and they really didn't do justice to her character, Cheetah, which, uh, from my understanding, is a primarily well-known, if not the most known, Wonder Woman villain of them all. But for some reason, they chose to kind of throw in the mix, like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's another one, along with uh, Maxwell Lord, who was uh, Pedro Pasquale. He was excellent. Very, very beautifully performed. It's one of those epic bad guys that is kind of like Thanos with the Marvel Universe. You see their point of why they're doing what they do, so you don't fully hate them, or you can't fully hate them just because they're quote-unquote bad because you see the purpose you see why they got to the point where they need to do what they do it's kind of justified so it's a sympathetic villain which is rare to pull off but when it's pulled off properly you can't help but love the rest of the story except the rest of the story in Wonder Woman's 84 case is it's a lot of hit and miss should have been a lot more action the action we did get should have been a lot more convincing a, a lot better presented it should have been prettier i would think i mean gail godot is pretty enough she is a fine-ass woman but even that doesn't save the movie from being not great not good bad i even created a whole rating system solely based off the existence of wonder woman 84 so it says a lot about that but again the primary focus of today's episode is disney pixar's soul again if you want to watch a recap of what I said for like an hour plus about Wonder Woman 84, please feel free to check the past episode, the most recent episode up on all DSPs, audio format, or youtube.com backslash who this is one video format of Wonder Woman 84, who this been watching. Now, before we get into Disney Pixar solo, I do want to share one thing. Again, I want to say first and foremost to everybody who joins me now, whoever watches it, be it on YouTube or listens to it via their DSP of preference as far as where they get their audio podcast from. I want to wish you a happy new year, whoever you are. If I know you in real life, pre, post, mid pandemic. Well, I'm speaking in future tense as far as post pandemic because I'm really hoping, praying, as I'm sure a lot of you are for the sake of your business, your lifestyle, life period, that we're able to see the post pandemic era of this life, this existence, very soon. Now, we're not going to touch upon the vaccine. We're not going to touch upon the pandemic itself, all the factors thrown into the mix as far as how that's concerned, because I'm sure there's enough going on you're worried about too. So there's a lot more than what I would bring up, which will make it just superficial compared to what I'm sure you're going through if it's worse, if unfortunately you lost employment, lost business, whatever the case may be. Let's all pray, gather together, and hope that 2021 is the saving grace of our existence, period. Get 2020 the fuck out of here. Because, oh, yeah, everybody was anticipating, unfortunately, like I was too. 2020 vision, vision is clear. 2020, numbers are in sync, simpatico. It's in line with the universe, the galaxy, whatever the stars align and all that shit. But I guess you just brought to light the ugliness of what we're living through right now. Maybe it's like a like a master cleanse, like if... Um, the universe or mother nature went to go get an enema or a colonics all the shit purging out right now is basically what 2020 is regurgitating and what we're living through we're knee deep in right now as far as how much it sucks to be in a pandemic now we're not also not going to talk about those who do wear the face mask those who choose not to i'm not wearing it right now only because i'm in the confines of my vehicle I thoroughly sanitize the best I can, and my vehicle doesn't leave the garage because right now it's not insured, so 
it doesn't leave, it's not going anywhere. So it's safe, I swear. And I'm not gonna see anyone immediately right now besides my home. And this is parked outside my building, so no risk of that either. Everybody at home has been tested thoroughly. I've been tested negative all times, so no risk there. I mean, whether you do or you don't believe in it, that's fine too. I respect it. I'm just saying I'm putting it out there. Now, I wish you all the best if I know you, if I don't know you, personally, I mean, or if I only met you via Instagram, if I only met you via you listened on YouTube, the random bit of people who reached out to me via email, again, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, to tell me they love what I do with the podcast. They've been loving what I do here with who just been watching this brand new venture I've been going into courtesy of the pandemic, if anything. I've had more free time on my hands, thank goodness, compared to la- this time last year where I was working most of the time just overtime at work by choice. Most of the time, it was actually because I had to work overtime. We were that busy at work. So unfortunately, I had no choice but the clock in the overtime hours. But because the company made us all work from home as soon as this hit, as per, I think, what, March, mid-March or something like that, um, no overtime for us. So we were forced to do everything within the assigned amount of hours we'd get as normal. So there's that too. I've been afforded the freedom to have more creative free time or free time period. So been able to focus on the podcast much more seriously than I would have had there been no pandemic. And also I've been able to start this thing up as well. Who has been watching? Well, because there's enough free time to do so. That's my case. Again, I'm not saying my case is necessarily better than yours. I'm not trying to compare or make it feel bad or anything too. I'm just saying I'm making the best of what I had afforded to me right now. This is the situation for everybody, the reality we're all living through. So again, best wishes, much health, much success, much wealth, safe sex, no stress, or at least less than what we're going through right now. Going into 2021 for you, your loved ones, whoever you are, whoever you are listening, watching, whatever. I mean it. 2021 needs to be the year we all persevere and push through. And if we're currently working on something we never would have expected because of the pandemic or we're trying to rebuild ourselves, we're on a come up, we're making our comeback, whatever you got going on, I sincerely wish you the best. Everything possible in my energy, in my chakra, in my soul. Let it bubble up and transfer to you right now so you understand I genuinely mean it. Whoever you are, I don't care your race, gender preference, whatever you feel like being or identifying as. I just wish you the best right now. I don't need it back because I'm already a good enough person. I do as much right as I can to everybody I encounter and meet, especially those I love, especially those I really care for. And those of you, those of you who support the podcast and everything I do here, I really appreciate you as well. Let's all work together. Let's all get on the same page. Let's all make all the shit possible happen. Now, also, before we get into Disney Pixar Soul, we'll get to it, I promise. I'm just, I I got a lot to get off my chest. Uh, And given the chance I haven't done something spectacular, the main podcast in a little bit, I might as well just afford the time allotted to before we get into Disney Pixar's Soul. Again, starring Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. A funny little story. It's just a little bit I I felt like I had to share, considering it's a new year. A new year creeping up on us, like a stalker of sorts. But a stalker... Well, it wouldn't be a stalker, because we're actually welcoming this person into our home, like Santa. But Santa's, you know, a sack of shit, so... And, you know, a white, fat man invading your home. Willingly, you let him in, but only because he brings you good stuff. You hope. If you've been an asshole, according to this fat white man, then... You know, are we really that far removed from reality, actuality, adulthood? I don't think so. I guess we're bred young from the start to believe in that system. But, okay, that's besides the point. We're going New Year's. Funny little tidbit would be, you know, everybody says Happy New Year's. Thank God no one's trying to take that away from us as far as those who used to wish openly and sincerely with no malicious intent behind it. Merry Christmas. I miss being able to say Merry Christmas out loud in public to whoever I might just randomly encounter. Now it's been reduced to Happy Holidays because, if you remember, there was that whole fiasco about Starbucks printing or putting their cups out in the, what was it, green color? Or was it red color? What are they, red or green now? I forget. 
There was one color, I believe, that was too... Uh, I, it was green. It was too simpatico with Christmas, too aligned with Christmas. So, of course, people felt offended, or most likely people felt offended for those they would assume would be offended by it. But those people who should be, or in their minds should be offended by it, weren't. But they took it upon themselves and said, hey, this is offensive to those that celebrate Kwanzaa, those that celebrate, you know... uh What's the what's the Jewish version of it? I, I'm bad with like holidays. That's not Christmas. No offense, but whatever. Every other holiday that isn't Christmas, it, those people are offended by the fact that you're putting green cups to serve our coffee and give it to everybody because you got customers of all colors and all walks of life and from all kinds of countries on this planet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So okay, Starbucks said, all right, fuck it. We'll just make whatever color that ain't offensive. I think I got the colors wrong. I don't remember sincerely, but. It was so stupid, I don't want to remember that bit of detail, which is annoying. It's Karen shit, it's cancel culture shit, it's me too shit. It's like, come on. Alrighty, it's just about happy holidays. But thank God they're not taking away happy New Year's from us. Because uh, wherever you are, whatever you believe in, you have to celebrate the New Year. It starts all over again as of December 31st, 11.59pm, wherever you are. Next minute over, it's midnight, then it's a brand new year. Whether you like it or not. My mom used to be heavy about wishing people Happy New Year's and genuinely mean it. My mom's a very sweet person, very loving, very kind, not not just because she's my mother, but genuinely one of the nicest people you probably ever encounter in or meet. So how I'm her son is beyond me, but I try at least. That's my defense. So when she started getting heavily into her phone as far as starting to text, I'm talking about text was like fairly new, whatever, but then again, Spanish mother, older parents, they kind of get into texts way after the fact and think it's revolutionary that they can send me an instant message via textual format and I'll get it like within a matter of seconds. They still blows their minds, but of course, whatever, simpler beings, simpler times too from when it came up. So her thing was always being proper in speaking, never cursing. So when I started cursing and I do as usual, she would get offended. She would get all her panties all up in a bunch and like act like the world was ending or close to. So whenever she would send things out as far as Happy New Year's, besides it being like an essay long paragraph to just one person and trying to make them all unique and individual to whoever she sent it out to, she would always try to stress to put the, I forget what it's called in English or how it's referred to as, but the little squiggly line that goes over the N, the Enye. It's not the accent mark, but the Enya, like to emphasize the Enya, the N, the heavily accented Spanish N. So Feliz Año Nuevo, Happy New Year, is what she would stress and emphasize whenever she sent a text or an email, whatever. And in this case, when she did it, she'd always panic about not being able to put the Enya symbol over the N in Feliz Año Nuevo. Because she mostly knows Spanish people, of course, only. So... She would always put instead Feliz Anillo Nuevo, which Anillo in Spanish is ring, which goes on your finger. So she's always wishing people accidentally, typo-wise, Feliz New Ring, which makes no sense. But then people start putting two and two together or she has to write a whole another essay like format paragraph to them people saying, oh, I wrote that because I didn't want to come off saying another word and be offensive to you and wish you a happy new anus, pretty much. And it would always be so cute to me. It would be so endearing because, like, Mom, I think they're going to understand what you mean if you, not by choice, but because you have no choice, leave out the Enya, leave out the symbol over the end to signify. You mean year, not someone's anus. Because unless someone's getting an ass transplant or, like, an anal asshole transplant, then I guess that would be the appropriate thing to wish them, a, a happy new anus. But I'm not a proctologist. I don't know if that's even possible or feasible. But if it ain't, fuck it. It's just a funny little tidbit I shared about my mother who was like a lovable dork. That's that's my mama pretty much. I love her. I don't know how we're even related by blood, short of, but okay. Love my mama. Peace to her. Happy New Year's to yours as well if you're able to share with her and them, whoever it may be. But yeah. Happy new anuses aside, and or assholes. Speaking of soul in the hole, 
Disney Pixar Soul came out on Christmas Day, same day release as Wonder Woman 84. I originally planned to watch Wonder Woman 84 because I'm a grown-ass man, so instead of watching cartoons that might make me cry and or feel emotional, or have me get in touch with my inner workings and self as a conflicted person, I chose the route of being a grown-ass man and see a lovely-looking, very pretty, fine-ass-looking woman like Gail Godot is do her thing for, again, two and a half hours approximately in a very skimpy outfit and pretending to be a superhero of all things, unconvincingly. So, again, Wonder Woman 84 could have been a lot better. But, give or take, that was my plan. Again, HBO Max decided, hey, no, you got to wait up all day Christmas Day till 12 noon to fucking watch this thing, so fuck you. Otherwise, come back at 12 noon. I was like, oh, shit. So then I got to watch Disney Pixar Soul instead. And the meanwhile, it was early, so I was conflicted, confused. I ate breakfast. I made coffee. I made a bunch of coffee. And then I finally got around to killing time enough to watch Soul and then leading into Wonder Woman 84, which I'm glad I did because Soul turned out to be a very pleasant surprise. Now, listen, here's the thing with Soul. Of course, the basics will be First Things First, starring Jamie Foxx, starring Tina Fey, or co-starring, I guess you could say. There's a whole big-ass cast of people. Pleasant surprise as far as they all play their roles properly. They voice act very well, perfectly, I'd say almost, to who they're supposed to be in comparison to their characters. So it all syncs up beautifully and lovely. Very well done. It's Disney Pixar, so of course they made sure that the animation... The colorfulness of it all, the universe they create and paint with, uh, you know, computer graphics and such is very, of course, visible. Like, I mean, visual, that's the whole point of being animated, but it's also something you don't easily forget. It's a, it's a new concept to kind of grasp. The cool thing about Soul is that it's in the realms of, I wouldn't say in the league as same league as Inside Out, another Disney Pixar film, which I very much loved. It was very good. I'd say almost underrated because it might be just me, but I don't think it got enough attention or as much attention as it should have. I'm referring to Inside Out. It's a very well-made movie. To be honest, Inside Out was the last time, not the only time, definitely not the only time, but the last time I vividly remember being in the theater with other grown adults, with the children, of course, watching this film, Inside Out, and at a key point in the movie, spoilers just in case as well, uh, the bing bong part where he, you know, says peace and he's out, he's, I got wrecked. I mean, I'm not just like a little bit weeping or like one tear down the cheek or whatever. I, I got no shame in admitting it. You know, I, I was fucking huffing and puffing trying to fight back all these tears and mucus building up in me and just I couldn't see for like a good minute because I was just so full of tears I was so sad by what happened to Bing Bong of all things which I definitely recommend Inside Out if you got the time as a precursor to Soul because they go hand in hand Inside Out is about your emotions how they play to developing who you become and based off your experiences growing up or in life in general your emotions start to either shut down or you more lean towards one in particular or start to let another take over as opposed to all the emotions involved being in the mix heavily involved in who you become as a person that's inside out though i i I love that movie it's it's really good but soul is also again in those realms, not quite in that league. Inside Out is better, and I'll, I'll explain why. Because Soul is also about going in depth about what's your purpose. What's the meaning of life, more specifically in the realms of what are you here for? What's your spark? What's your passion? Now, it's very well presented as far as it's easy enough for children to kind of understand. No, not kind of understand, but Children can understand it, but also adults can relate to it. And I think, unintentionally, they made it that way so that adults can feel a certain way while watching it. And while I'm sure children of a certain age or under might not fully grasp the concept of it, they might just think it's funny that a 
you know, they sw- spoilers again. They they switch bodies at a point. You know, the soul friend, the buddy of uh, the lead character uh, was it John Gardner, whatever. Yeah, they switch bodies. He's in the body of the cat. The cat's in the body in his body, and they have a little funny exchange for a, a good chunk of the movie too, as well. In his body, this disembodied spirit basically learns how to live life and appreciate the small things, something as simple as smelling and tasting pizza. I mean, good-ass pizza, at least, too. Let's be honest. You know, New York has a very um, close-to-chest love for pizza that we make here, which is good. I mean, there's no such thing as really bad pizza. There's just not as good as you'd hope pizza, let's say. And then there's the big chain pizza, Domino's, Little Caesars, uh, Pizza Hut. If I had to choose of those, I'd go with Pizza Hut just because they've they been had stuffed crust and then everybody else had to learn to adapt to get stuffed crust in their shit or on their menu. But something as simple as that, you know, taking in a nice sunny day, learning to walk, learning to actually live literally in the moment is what this disembodied spirit learns while exchanging bodies with the lead character who dies early on within the first what was it like I think 10 minutes or so of the movie which is um, a good point to bring up because considering it's a children's film it's rated G of course Disney Pixar duh will lead you to think it's made for children catered mostly to them the fact that the lead character and on top of that, I, I hope no one gets triggered by it. So far, it's got great reviews. It's got it's generally loved. There are the people that kind of don't like it because there wasn't enough focus on the black culture aspect of it all, considering the lead character is black and most of the cast is black. Uh, I hope no one gets triggered by that thinking, oh, it should have been, we should have seen more of the culture we should have seen more of his experience as a young black man growing up in you know a piece to queens new york of course he's from queens in the movie so that's cool i I hope that gets put the rest put aside so there's no issue there but him dying within the first 10 minutes of the film again spoilers is crazy to think because i was reading up on that too before i watched the film actually they were talking about the, um, I believe, the screenwriters and or the director even as well. Don't ask you for names. I don't fucking know. They were talking about the different ways they wanted him to die in the film because they had to take a lot of things into consideration. It's a kid's film. It's animated. It can't be too graphic. It has to make sense. They have to prolong the character enough where he's not dead dead because then there's no point to the movie. He's got to be on the brink of close enough to death where you feel like oh shit he's dead already so or he's dying so then like what's that experience like of before going to the great beyond they explore the great before where he meets the disembodied spirit who basically is like a brat they've been alive in the spirit realm for years and years different kinds of mentors who eventually became actual human beings and iconic figures such as uh, Lincoln, uh, Muhammad Ali, Mother Teresa, some other folks too as well. But no one can convince this disembodied spirit to actually want to become a human being or inhabit a human body and live a life because they feel like they've seen enough and they feel that it's not worth it or there's no purpose of being able to live a fruitful, prosperous life. There's a lot of that involved too. So the fact that he dies within the first 10 minutes and the fact that they had to debate how to do it, the way they did it made sense. And I also been scared of actually doing it as a native New Yorker. I've never had to experience an open manhole in the street, but he falls through one after he gets the call that changes pretty much his life, saying he got the gig finally because he's a jazz pianist and he's dreamt of doing nothing but that for a living, being a professional jazz pianist for like a big band. He gets a call to do a gig it's that same night during that afternoon as he's making the call. To, I, I don't know who he's on the line with, but he's so distracted by that person that he's telling them all about the gig coming up. And then whoop, he just falls into a manhole. I read that they were talking about either possibly having him get hit by a truck, which he is almost hit by a truck before he falls into the manhole, which would have made sense. But I think that might be a little too played out because... I can't remember offhand how many movies that's happened in 
as far as getting hit by a car or a truck, being the immediate cause of death or damn near dead because of it or severely fucked up because of it. And then what was that movie with uh, Brad Pitt's? What was it? Um, I think Meet Joe Black, something like that. Where like within the first five minutes of the film, he gets like hit by two cars, like kind of ping ponged off one into the other and then dies, obviously, of course, because of internal injuries. I don't remember that movie too much, to be honest, but uh, I think it was on AMC once. I just kind of watched half of it and fell asleep. But um, there was that possibility. And then also, I think what would have been funny, but maybe not appropriate for a Disney Pixar film, or maybe what they thought was having a piano fall on top of him. Because of all things, he's a jazz pianist. He's a jazz pianist enthusiast. And having a piano, of all things, being the thing that kills him, or almost kills him would have been ironic enough because having that bigger weight fall on your head on your being on your body you're dead dead you're fucking absolutely no fucking way you're living through that or if you do imagine being laid up in a hospital bed as nothing but a pile of skin and bones lumped up together because they scraped you from under the bottom of a piano box and you're kind of mush or I don't know if a ventilator helps you. I don't know if a fucking iron lung helps you at that point too. But at some point, if you're like pretty much built, no sturdier than Silly Putty or Play-Doh is, uh, why keep you alive? So yeah, I, I think in that case too, having a piano fall on him wouldn't have made any sense either. So the way they went about it with the manhole makes sense. Now, as I mentioned, I've had that fear sometimes of a manhole being uncovered, being a, a native New Yorker stumbling upon it and then just falling through and then as I was younger I think I maybe actively looked for open manholes thinking if I look long enough or if I fall in and I catch myself and do a, a roll into a stumble and land it perfectly I might bump into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something like that but as I got older I realized obviously they're not real so if I fall through it I'm fucked I'm pretty much dead because who knows how deep them things go anyway but I've never been exposed to an open one. Now I'll be much more cautious after seeing Soul. It's a kind of fucking warning to watch out for manholes. And of all things, pay attention where the fuck you walk. Because we got enough people that been on cell phones while doing things they shouldn't be doing, even as simple as walking, that have fucking died. So that's also a really good message too that unconsciously Disney Pixar is sharing. Because this actually reminds me of I want to say five, maybe five or more years ago. Uh, shout out to Amanda Diva and or Amanda Seals, I think her name is now. The very pretty comedian girl who was on some show on HBO. I can't remember now who, but um, she, I, I got to see her live at one of her shows years ago. I mean, year, downtown Manhattan somewhere. I went to go see her. I enjoyed it. Two days before, oh, shout out to Kenneth Stones from the Dirty Heels podcast. Too sweet, bro. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to you too as well and to a uh, good brother as well. Lots of success, less stress, and much safe sex. Because I know you have kids and everything too, but maybe right now pandemic might not be the most convenient time to have them. I'm not saying, you know, willingly birth control yourself, but just be more careful, you know. Or, or do your thing. You're a man. You live your own life. I encourage you to do what you got to do. Make it happen. Handle your business as you do. Shout out to Harlem, by the way. That's where they're based at. But I saw Amanda Diva. She she did a great set. It was funny. I enjoyed myself. But two days before, I believe, or a day before the gig itself, there was a in the news. There was a girl who was on her phone while waiting on the train platform. I think for the LIRR. She was too busy talking or texting on the phone that she walked over the platform and fell into the tracks and severely injured herself and whatever. The way the article was worded, she just basically either got pushed onto, which obviously happens being in New York and has happened before in the past, or something happened, she slipped and fell into the tracks. The way the article was presented until I hit that part where they said she was on her phone and then fell into the track. It's like, this dumb bitch. Of course that happens because you're too busy on the phone. It's just like when you see people driving out here too with fucking headphones on, AirPods on. Or the other day I saw somebody fucking driving 
It might have been an Uber driver. I didn't take a look at the plates. They're driving with fucking full beats on their fucking head. Now, if they're connected via Bluetooth and shit, I don't know why you would need that while driving. And I would think that's, um, hello, dangerous as fuck, but okay. So the girl falls into the platform two days before the gig. That's in the news. I'm like, okay, stupid bitch. Fuck her. Oh, well, she should have known better. In the middle of the gig, I'm enjoying my, sorry, towards the end of the gig, Amanda Diva, I mean, or Amanda Seals now. I'm enjoying myself, I'm laughing, we have fun, everything too, she's closing up the show, then she says, oh, hey, by the way, guys, the bucket here, if you'd like and if you can, is to help out my friend with her medical expenses slash medical bills, because she's in the hospital laid up right now, she's kind of like in not so severe condition, but she's going to be there for a while, recovering and recouping, et cetera, et cetera, so, you know, it's a man of diva, it's like, oh, two dollars cost me nothing, whatever the fuck it was, so I just dump it in there. Literally, as I dump the $2 inside that fucking bucket that she's collecting for her friend, she then chimes in with the part that I dreaded the most. And I might seem like a crab, Mr. Krabs, whatever, but as soon as she said after I dumped my $2 in there, she says, my friend who was actually in the news two days before, the girl that fell into the tracks while on the phone, I 180, turned around, Went back to the bucket, grabbed my $2, yoink, right back. She saw me, I know she did. She wasn't going to argue with me because I know deep down inside, had it not been her friend that conveniently fell into the train tracks because she was on the fucking phone, not being smart or a responsible adult like she should have, she would have been just as mad as I've been too because she's gone on rants. I'm sure you heard about it. I'm sure you've seen him as well too. She's been chastised for it too as well. Guess what? That's how I feel. That's what I thought too And I did the right thing according to me I took it right back Because I'm not going to fund the bitch That was too stupid To fucking know better than all things Walking to the train platform tracks Because she's on the fucking phone Which you shouldn't be While you're waiting for a fucking train Or if you're waiting for a fucking train Don't move from your spot You don't need You don't have to feel the need to roam around Because you're too antsy Or you got pre-ADD or whatever going on in here. You got to walk around aimlessly while on the fucking phone. We got enough people doing that out there now with the fucking AirPods on, crossing the streets, not even looking twice, driving, walking, whatever the case may be. It's a whole thing. And on top of that, we're in the pandemic and people still ain't fucking using their heads like they should. But okay, that's besides the point. I'm sorry about that. But the point is, Disney Pixar, I think, has subtly sent a warning out to people that do that or that partake in that kind of activity. Which isn't right and whatever So he dies Okay Spirit leaves his body Because he's not dead yet But I, a little bit confused Because he was laid out on the hospital bed Presumed to be close enough to dead Because when he comes back to life After his body after Sorry After his spirit finds his way back From the great beyond To try to get back to his body He's overhearing people talking about have they found the next of kin? Have they found close family or contacts? He doesn't have any of that on him when he fucking fell into the manhole. So he comes back to life. Um, again, as I mentioned, they switch bodies. The disembodied spirit goes into him. He goes by action to this fucking service cat that's on his fucking lap in the hospital bed. So it's a, it's a comedy, of course. It's for children. So there has to be that funny aspect of it. And it, very, it is very well done, that aspect of switching bodies and they're this and that, whatever. It's funny, it's charming. He goes back. Now, with the whole spirit thing, as far as the disembodied spirit in the body, learning to live life in a body and learning to take in the small moments, you know, uh, the little things in life that we kind of take for granted at this point because grown, we've been through enough, we've had enough experiences, or we're kind of sour on life, depending what you've been through. It's a very nice touch, because the whole point in the movie is to make it reflect on living in the moment. And I'm sure right now, ironically enough, it's a very vital message to take in right now, because we need to live in the moment. Pandemic-wise, of course, we're like on lockdown, or hopefully there isn't a second lockdown here in New York, speaking at least, where we're stuck at home, literally, with little to nothing to do outside, besides go to work and or go to the store and grab your immediate things. If you're one of those that's hanging out outside, doing things actively outside, you know, you're grown enough, do your own thing, but just please be safe and 
be cautious about it and mindful of others who might want to try to be safe. That's besides the point, too. But it's nice that it tells you pretty much to live in the moment because then they make it back to the spirit realm. He finally gets the spirit to convince him to fucking get him back into his own body so he can make it to his gig because that's his own main purpose, making it to his gig of his dreams. Now, when he does make it to the gig of his dreams, he finally does it. It's, it's a mission accomplished. He got what he wanted or he, he thinks he gets what he wants by playing this big ass gig. Finally talks his mom into believing in his dream, convinces her to join along with her friends to watch her, watch him, excuse me, do his thing live with the quartet, standing ovation. It's a great show. He's having fun. He's doing what he loves for a living. Finally. So then at the end of the gig, he asks the lead singer, saxophone player lady, sorry, not singer, saxophone player lady, I believe that might have been Angela uh, Bassett playing her. He says, okay, so we did great tonight. This was excellent and all that shit. But what's next now? And then she says, basically, which I guess bursts his bubble as far as what he had envisioned, as far as now being or having played the biggest gig of his life. She bursts his bubble by saying, well... That's tonight, but we just do this all over again tomorrow night. And then the night after, pretty much, and all that shit, too. So, it's about... It's also about not having your passion turn into an obsession. Because there's this whole part about... There's a sea of lost souls. People that get so obsessed or wrapped up into what they're doing for a living, let's say... That they see nothing else but what they're doing, so they become lost in it. Or they might have actually gone for and attained what they dreamed of doing, and then now they're stuck in it because they got obsessed with doing nothing but. Or maybe the fear of failing at doing what they love to do, or having someone else come and take that from underneath their legs, or whatever, and do it better than them. I don't know. That, that, that's a good aspect to explore because. I'm sure a lot of people who are on top of their game or who made it to the pinnacle of the peak of what they're expected to do might have that fear bubbling underneath them the whole time and worry that, well, if I'm not the best or if I'm not working 80 hours a day so that I can avoid working 40 hours with someone else, that's the mindset of an entrepreneur, uh, shout out to Shark Tank and all those that watch, maybe that's become their primary fear but without them knowing because their passion became their obsession for the wrong reasons there's the right reasons too as far as giving back and you know having financial freedom and such but maybe some people just worry more about being rich staying rich you know making sure whatever they do they're the best at it and they become maniacal at it too so who knows that's a whole broad aspect that I like that the movie brought up a lot too it's great to see that it was done properly and that there was enough attention paid to it too as well. There's a lot more to go into with the philosophical aspect of it too, the questions of life. Is the great beyond really the end of everything? Or as he put it, Joe himself, Joe or John? Joe. Joe Gardner, he fights tooth and nail to avoid being dead, even after reflecting on his whole life up until that day, which he feels my life has been nothing but a waste. But he still fights to go back to his life. Well, for the sake of the gig, he thinks it's going to change his whole life. He finally does it, and then that's it. Or there's still a whole next level he's got to go to before he gets to even a, a bit of the fame that the quartet or the saxophone player or the greatest of the greats get to. It's a whole long, winding road of making it and being the most successful at what you do, I'm sure, too. So that's explored as well. And, and very thoroughly and detailed explored. So it's good to see that a kid's movie, of all things, kind of touches on all that stuff. Now, let's get to the performances. As far as Jamie Foxx, he's kind of Mr. No Fail because he did this really good. I mean, it's just voice acting. So it's kind of getting in sync with the animated portion, making sure your script, your lines hit as emotional cues are concerned and all that too. My one takeaway from Tina Fey. I love Tina Fey, by the way. I find her physically attractive. Body-wise, I think low-key, she's she's a baddie. 
even face-wise too. But I think her humor, which I'm also a fan of, you know, so 30 Rock, um, I think she wrote, maybe even directed partially, I'm not sure, but I know she wrote Mean Girls, the first one, and all the things she's involved in too. I I love her, I think she's hilarious on top of all that too. But I think she's more of her humor, I mean. I think she's better suited for having the total package involved as far as I need to see her and hear her. In this case, in this movie, you just hear her as the disembodied spirit number 22, which refuses to go into a human body and live as a person. It was funny. I'm sure she had some involvement in writing her lines and or helping with the dialogue. As far as the credits are concerned, I did see that. Something about her voice alone, which they make a joke out of, her voice being annoying and grating enough on its own, is brought up as a joke. So I think she acknowledges that her voice alone can be irritating, which unfortunately to me, at least it was. That was the only kind of, I wish it would have been someone else picked because it's funny. If you consider it or compare it to other films, like I loved Wreck-It Ralph and Wreck-It Ralph 2, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. That wasn't so good as the first one, but then, you know, typical story. I love that they got out of all people who I've always been a fan of too as well and I I have a massive crush on Sarah Silverman they got her to play the little female lead um, Vanellope Von Schweetz she was a pleasant surprise she kind of acted and played with her voice a little bit to you know get into the mind of a young little video game girl character that would be like the lead alongside you know Wreck-It Ralph or John C. Riley as well she played to it Tina Fey in this case I know she definitely had lines heavily involved in the dialogue, but she literally just did her own voice as a character. So there was no trying to play it as a little bit more childish or a little bit more joyful or a little bit more annoying even. Because even in Inside Out, um, what's her name? Uh, the the one she works with all the fucking time, Tina Fey. Uh, Amy Fowler, I think. Even her as the lead in Inside Out, she plays her voice she plays with her voice a little bit too for the sake of the character because there's very even more lazy cases of that as in another great movie The Secret Life of Pets number one I haven't seen number two so I don't know but the first one was really good my only gripe with it was Kevin Hart which by the way I'm not a Kevin Hart fan I have to make that clear too I can't deny or even put down let alone his work aspect his hustle his grind that's respectable, commendable, and admirable, all that too. As far as him being funny, I don't find him to be funny. I'm referring to Kevin Hart, of course. So when he got signed on to do the fluffy, tiny little rabbit with an attitude and all that shit too, all I could see was Kevin Hart because all I heard was Kevin Hart, like phoning it in, being as his own damn self. He didn't change up anything. He didn't play up a little bit, change the voice, alter it, nothing at all. To play a white bunny of all things since he's a short man from Philly, almost as tall as the fucking rabbit itself, but he could have did something with it. But another easy payday for him, I guess. It helped that he's also one of those, again, my opinion, because again, I'm not a Kevin Hart fan. When they write stuff for him or they help to make him funny with written dialogue and lines and defeat him shit to say, he can be funny. When he's left on his own to do things and or be funny, Betty had said, he fails. There was a VMAs he did, or no, sorry, there was no host one year for the VMAs. I forget what year exactly. Some years ago. They had no host. It was doing so bad and it was so awkward because there was no host. He happened to be there they threw him up on stage, and I t- I'm i telling you, he fucking stank up the room. He bombed so bad. He was so fucking... I was so mad at my TV, I, I kept clicking my pen angrily, furiously. I kept writing notes. Basically, I could have written jokes on the spot or thought of so many others to make fun of, you know, Lady Gaga's ass. Um... Beyonce being with Jay-Z, something like that. He's got the fucking platform afforded to him to be funny, and he absolutely wasn't, so they yanked him off stage, and I forget who they put in his place, but he was on for one segment, then they got him the fuck out of there. But, again, Tina Fey, lover in general, everything else she's done, 
but this is one of those cases where I didn't enjoy it so much because she just she just did her own voice in the body of a disembodied spirit, an animated disembodied spirit. So I felt it was lazy on her half, on whoever fucking put together the cast too as well. They could have picked someone else, basically. That's my one kind of negative of the film overall. Also, there's the ending, which again, spoilers if you haven't seen it yet at all too. Joe gets to live his life again. The... I guess the moderators, the mentors, or whatever, the guidance counselors of the spirit realm say, okay, you did all that, you helped this disembodied spirit find her purpose, so much so that she finally wants to live life now as a human, and she went about and did that, she's on earth now as you speak, we're giving you a second chance, so instead of dying now, we're going to let you live, and he goes ahead and lives, but... And that's how the movie ends. He goes back to his normal, ordinary life. But he says, now I'm going to live every day with purpose. Which is fine. Which is great and all that too. But you left unclear as far as, well, is he going to go continue to be a jazz pianist with the group he was in? Let me turn on the light actually. You can see me. That's better. Is he going to continue to be a jazz pianist as he dreamt of being? As he finally got the dream gig? And he did it so well. And he's part of the quartet. Is he going to continue doing that? Or is he going to take his mother's advice and be the full-time school band teacher for the group of kids who can't play for shit, but is the one kid that plays the trumpet really well and that he gives private lessons to and continue to do that? Or is he going to balance both somehow? Be a full-time teacher and a full-time, part-time, on the weekend, nighttime, whatever, pianist. Jazz pianist, I mean. Yes, pianist, I know, is a funny word. But I'm trying to be as clear as possible and saying pianist, not a penis. He's a male. Of course he has one, but he's a, he's a pianist right now. That's what he's doing. So I guess you're left to imagine maybe the purpose of what Disney Pixar wanted to do with that was let you think, well, if you were in his shoes, what would you choose to do? Or can you find the balance ideally as life, I guess, wants you to find in both being the teacher for the school band that mostly sucks and they're all shit and play like and sound like shit or are you going to be able to actually become and balance out as well being the jazz pianist you dreamt of being so it's up to you it's on you wherever oh shout out to Rhino shout out to Melitoki as well uh, Rhino I am in my vehicle which is not <laughs> it might as well be the car from Titanic I I feel like I'm sinking. It's all steamy in the back too. And I swear it's just based off my own body heat. I guess I'm that hot. But that's a legend. But yeah. There's an inconclusive ending to what he does. Which I guess would be symbolic. Or they want you to think. Well again like I said. If you were in his shoes what would you do? Or how would you envision his ending I guess. Which is kind of actually a unique touch. I like that too. It's, It's very different as far as you know the set narratives. Or the set endings to conclusive endings to everything they've done up until now which of course to make sense of that all if you're not really into that kind of shit i still would strongly recommend you watch inside out leading into soul so they kind of go hand in hand and they both make sense for you so then there's also the ending for the disembodied spirit played by tina fey 22 she makes it to earth finally She finally sees enough of life as a human being to want to live and occupy a human being body. But that's it. You don't find out who she becomes if she, I would think, as a disembodied spirit becomes or comes to life as a baby. Born to who? As who? Looking like what? Are they going to be as annoying as they were as a human, as they were as a disembodied spirit? I would have liked to seen that too. But I guess maybe that's a broader aspect of, well, you can see Joe's ending as however you want to see it. Or, I don't know, I would have liked a conclusive, like, concrete ending to what they became or who they become. There's a lot of other things in the film, too, to cover. But I'm not really going in depth like that, too. I I do recommend the film overall because it is good. It is enjoyable. I had to watch it again just to kind of put down notes the second time around at least to watch it and actually make notes this time too. Another pleasant surprise too, I'm a fan of comedy in general. I love the Chappelle show. I missed that show so much. I was sad when season three was like half done and then he 
as people reported and as he clarified, they said he went crazy only because he turned down 50 million. Dave Chappelle, I mean. But we all know the workings of that. And as he made clear in one of his IGTV clips from like some weeks ago, don't stream Chappelle's show because he gets nothing from it. And they kind of took it from him without that being any part of him anymore. So I believe HBO Max took that down. Whoever had it up on their service took it down too. So that's nowhere to be found at least in streaming service now. Oh, yeah, Netflix, right. They took it down, too, as well. But Donnell Rollins, or Ashley Larry, is the barber in the film. That was a pleasant surprise because I never would have expected, of all people, Ashley Larry to play that role. Also, shout-outs to A Tribe Called Quest, Q-Tib, Rest in Peace, Five Dog, you know, Ali Shahi Muhammad, all the crews and affiliates, too, as far as the Zulu Nation is concerned. I love that they use, of all things... Um, can I kick it as the background music or and or song in the barbershop or place? It was appropriate. It wasn't cheesy. It wasn't like a like an easy pick. It, it just fit just right. But back to Donnell Rollins, Ashley Larry. Best reference I can use as proof as Ashley Larry or Donnell Rollins say his name. Being funny is the episode of the Joe Rogan podcast where Dave Chappelle was on half of. Because the first half was solely Donnell Rawlings. Dave just happened to be around, apparently, or knew where Donnell was, so he just showed up and then took over. Which wasn't a bad thing. It was a lot. There was a lot of gems, a lot of good takeaways from that episode. But if you haven't, or if you kind of tuned out, zoned out, which I understand, it is actually Larry Donnell Rawlings. You're not. About, you might not be too familiar with him. Check out that first half of that episode. There's a lot of gems in there. And it shows why he's legit funny. And if Joe Rogan's co-signing him, I, I think you could take that as a good sign that, yeah, you should fuck with Donnell Rollins. But he's the barber in this. Knowing how much he loves to say the N-word and curse and be all, you know, hype and animated as he is, hysterical as he is, I'm surprised he was able to actually turn in a good performance as the barber. It's a very minimal part of the film, but it's very... It's a nice little juicy tidbit, too, as far as, like, you never know who you're going to get a lot out of because you write them off as being, oh, they're just my barber. What do they got going on that's so important in life or so, like, fruitful, per se, that I can share from or learn from? But there's a lot in there, too. Shout out to the barbers, too. I'm not going to need one anymore soon because my hair's starting to go in a way where I might start off New Year, you know, chrome dome balled out you know it's all right it happens to the best of us too and i had about what 32 good years of like a full head of hair 33 hit and it's like you know might as well be shoveling it away along with the snow that's gone already thank god this winter at least but yeah there's a lot of different things too to touch upon i do again strongly recommend soul and because of wonder woman 84 who also dropped the same day of christmas pandemic Christmas at least they flipped the order on me HBO Max said no fuck you you gotta wait till 12 in the afternoon to watch Wonder Woman 84 so go take your fucking overgrown ass back to Disney Plus and watch fucking soul get that out of your system and come back to not enjoy Wonder Woman 84 but guess what that's what happened and right now this is Disney Pixar soul so because of Wonder Woman 84 and me not enjoying it, again, I strongly recommend if you want more in depth about that, what I had to say about that in general, I recommend you go watch the last episode of Who This Been Watching, Wonder Woman 84 edition. Because of Wonder Woman 84 robbing me, taking away what's most vital now considering we're in a pandemic, we're stuck at home, we we feel like we got nothing but time on our hands. So now, especially of all times, considering if it's wasted, if it's taken from us, it's robbing directly from your soul, your essence, your vitalness, your very own existence, which is what Wonder Woman 84 did to me. Two and a half hours to be exact. Because of that, I had to finally come up with my own rating system. So briefly before we give the final verdict on Disney Pixar Soul, again starring Jamie Foxx and co-starring Tina Fey and one of her not-so-great performances, it hurts me to say because I got a crush on Tina Fey, here's the rating system. It's unique to the show. Who this been watching exclusive? 
Thanks again, Gail Godot, for doing your thing in a very skimpy outfit and your gold dominatrix outfit towards the very end and for having a bad movie enough to inspire this whole rating system. Again, now, it goes as follows. I know, listen, everybody's got, you know, the stars and the numbers and all this and all that shit, the, the, the basic shit, rudimentary shit. No, we're trying to be unique and different out here. So what I did was, instead of your usual, you know, zero out of four, one out of four, four out of four, whatever, it's basically based off emotions and or expressions you might so commonly use at, in your everyday life. So here we go. If something happens to be so good, it's a classic, it's a masterpiece, it's whatever I might deem to be something everybody should watch. Or everybody needs to watch at least once in their life to be like, I watched this movie. Or if you call yourself a film critic, a head, whatever, you need to watch this shit to be even considered in that ranks. That would get a four out of four typically or four stars out of four stars. I would leave it as just, yes. As in, yes, give me a sequel. Yes, give me more. Yes, give me another one soon enough. I don't care how far removed, but just give me more of it. Yes, I'm open to it. If something were to get, let's say, a three out of four, something like along those rankings, it would be a, ah. As in, ah, that was pretty good. Or I didn't expect that, but that turned out to be, instead of good, really good. So it's a pleasant surprise. Or just short of classic, just short of masterpiece, not quite there yet, but ah, that was really good. I enjoyed it. Now, if something were to get more along borderline, intermediate, like nothing really moving to Richter scale per se, but it wasn't bad. It was just good, just not really good or greater classic or masterpiece. That'd be like a two out of four range, so we'd go with, oh, I was hoping, oh, it'd be better, or oh, I would have expected it to be worse, but oh, it was okay, or it was good, it was decent, whatever. Now, moving down, going down the numbers, if something were to get, let's say, the equivalent of a one out of four, that goes meh, because meh, I was hoping it would have been good, but it's actually bad. Or, meh, I mean, I might not watch that ever again. Or, only if I'm forced, if I got a significant other who insists on watching, I'm you know, trying to get some pussy and some dick that night. Whatever your gender is, doesn't matter. Meh. Now, I'll never be afraid to hand this out. Because I'm a man. I own up to my pair of balls hanging and dangling between my fucking legs. I got plenty of ass hair. I got no shame in that. Do I trim my shit? It doesn't matter. But if you have to absolutely know, I don't. Or I don't as often as I should, according to my girlfriend. But who cares? If something is so bad, if something is so trash, if something is so abysmal, then I wonder why the fuck anyone financed it to begin with or it got a budget of any sorts that could have best went into the pandemic fucking checks we're supposed to get now soon enough in the next couple of hours or days or whatever before the new year starts. That'll get a zero out of four equivalent to why? Why was this made? Who funded this? Why the fuck did they think this would ever be good? I'll never be ashamed to give that out. I'm looking forward to give those out. And I'll be fucking so happy when I get to give up my first zero out of four. Which unfortunately in this case isn't the case for Disney Pixar Soul. Because it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Maybe not in the near future, but eventually down the path to if I'm curious to kind of reminisce on, you know, the aspects of the soul, your spark, your purpose, what you want to live for and what you're living for, basically, as far as your passion is concerned, etc., etc. Overall, again, the only really, I don't even want to say bad thing, but the not so great takeaway from it or what kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth was Tina Fey. She kind of phoned in the voice performance I think she could have played around with her voice a little bit for the sake of the character. It was literally just Tina Fey as an animated disembodied spirit throughout the whole time. It was funny, it was charming, but then it's like, I kind of need to see Tina Fey so I can tolerate hearing just Tina Fey because I think she's more the total package and also maybe that's also my crush on her, meaning I want to see her more than anything. Hearing her alone did no justice to how funny she actually is as far as, you know, 30 Rock as a Mean Girls, her time on SNL, any of the other shit she's done where you get to see her and appreciate her, I guess. But yeah, 
as far as that concerned, then Disney Pixar Soul, I'm going to go ahead and give it a O. It's neutral. I didn't expect it to be worse because it's not bad. I was hoping it would have been better, but it was it was good. I wouldn't say really good. I wouldn't say perfect. It's far from it, but it's good. Leaning towards really good, but we're going to leave it at O. So that's like a two out of four, according to my rating system. The who has been watching rating system of emotions and emojis if I uh, get the budget to include graphics and animated sh- and shit in my reviews soon enough. But yeah, that's Disney Pixar Soul. There's a lot of juicy little tidbits to take away from on the philosophical tip. I do recommend you watch Inside Out, which is a better film leading into Soul. So you're kind of in that mood. Maybe you get your right chakra, your tantric zone, whatever, and you start doing hot Bikram yoga afterwards to downward dogs with your ass up in front of someone's face. And then whatever, sweaty anal glands, I guess, gets some people in the mood. But that's who this been watching. Again... New Year's Eve edition, focusing on Disney Pixar's soul. Thank you so much for joining me today, everybody who was in the comments, everybody who came through and dropped a like, gave me hearts. You know, feel free to join in whenever I do this. The next time will be as scheduled Saturday as per normal. Still working out the finer details of that episode and the guest, but yeah, it'll be, it should be good. Should be very good and fun, as all these episodes are, of course. But yeah, who this been watching? Movie review, podcast, slash show, slash endeavor I do for about an hour plus about me ranting about a movie. Because guess what? I love watching movies. I'm not considering myself a critic, an expert. No, none of that shit. I just like to watch something and then be able to talk about it afterwards and see if anybody out there relates. And or just get some shit off my chest, pretty much. But yeah, who this been watching? Always done first. You can always get it first via IG Live as you're doing right now here. It'll be on my post later on today as well. Also, a few days removed, a few days after is where you'll find it on your DSP of preference, digital streaming platform for the audio version of, meaning Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Google, wherever you get your podcast from. It'll be available in a couple of days. And also, please support the YouTube, youtube.com backslash who this is one to get the slightly trimmed off the top, skim the skim and trim the fat, kind of carve it down like they do the gyro meat when they're about to give you some lamb over rice. I could actually go for that right now, considering we're only, what? Uh, I mean, we're doing it live now, so we're like seven hours removed from 2021. I might as well treat myself to something good, something memorable, considering 2020 has taken a toll on all of us in every way, shape, and form. Everybody's been affected. I mean, listen, it's crazy enough out there, life in general, being a grown-up. But guess what? There's always every Saturday to look forward to with another edition of Who Just Been Watching. Thanks for joining me. Shout-outs again to everybody in the comments. Happy New Year to everybody that's come through, chimed in on the comments. I appreciate you. I respect you. I look forward to hearing about your prosperity, your gains, and your goals, your dreams, your living in this coming new year, 2021, as I'll be doing the same here with who has been watching and in something spectacular and in all the other things I do as well. Thanks for joining me. Who this, who this is one on all social platforms. Get at me and let me know what you think of Disney Pixar Soul afterwards too. Don't be shy. And also, I'm always looking for guests. I'm always looking for guests to come on right now as we speak. In a little bit, I'll be compiling my list of movies to do and cover in 2021, at least for the first half of. If you want to be a guest, if you want to jump in the convo and enjoy yourself talking some shit about a movie, because I'm not your typical movie review show, podcast, whatever, feel free to get at me, DM me, email me, whatever, and I'll shoot you the list to see which one is kind of up your alley, per se, or films you want to talk about. Get at me, let me know, link in the bio for the contact info. Don't be shy to reach out, and I'll see you next time.